The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. So happy to have you with us here and discussing a win. Well, I, I, I don't know uh, exactly what all to take away from this, except to say that the Bengals are 5-3 and three at the bye, and I think most fans, in, <laughs> from a macro perspective, would have taken that. Um, Cincinnati came out firing, came out strong, and you liked what you saw from the team. Uh, given, especially in the first half, given what had transpired the past two weeks. They came out inspired. They came out hot, uh, doing a lot of good things on both sides of the ball and went into halftime um, with a 27-9 to lead, um, seeming, seemingly pretty comfortable. And all of, a suddenly, all of a sudden, Tampa Bay makes a switch at quarterback, and um, things are a lot different. Uh, we'll get to the, the ins and outs of the game in a second. Austin, Austin Milgram, um, asks any news on AJ's injury, uh, from what it looks like, it looked like he either jammed his big toe or whatever. I hope it's not the dreaded turf toe that he got because that can linger and be a problem. Um, it, it's just very funny because AJ Green really didn't, he had the one touchdown catch, nice touchdown catch in the first half, but overall didn't do, have much of an impact. It was more the Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon show. Um, and then when the Bengals needed him most at the end of the game, after they couldn't get a first down, they couldn't do many things on offense. Um, you know, he shows up, he makes a couple of big catches and gets the Bengals in field goal range for Randy Bullock to do that. Um, William Newell says, despite the win, we can't be feeling confident going forward. Marvin and crew got outcoached in the second half yet again. How much more do we need to see? This is where I have a crossroads and a problem with how I feel about this game because number one, you felt you had to feel pretty good going, going into this game just because, because while well, going into the first quarter, second quarter, because the Bengals were playing so well and were doing everything well on offense. Joe Mixon had basically a, a kind of a statistical kind of day that hadn't been seen by a Bengals running back since 2008, Cedric Benson, and none this year had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in the first half like Joe Mixon did. Um, so, I mean, he 
he had a great first half. Defense kind of let things slip away a little bit, but they grabbed four interceptions from Jameis Winston, um, one of which was returned for a touchdown. They continued to set the Bengals up well. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Cincinnati's offense, they had four, on four straight possessions in the second half, they had four three and outs. And you can blame the defense for a lot, and there's a lot there to blame. I mean, I think the Tampa Bay, last I saw, had about 560 total yards um, on offense you can't you're not supposed to really win games like that um really the only thing that kept him in it was the fact that Jameis Winston threw four interceptions but at the same time if you have a big lead and your defense has held throughout the first two two and a half quarters for the most part got you a pick six got you four total interceptions um you, you got to be able to take at least one of those drives. You got to take at least a couple of those drives and at least sustain some, some drives and, and chew some clock, get some first downs, give the defense a breather instead of running them right back out there. That wasn't the case. Um, and, and I think that was a byproduct of what you saw from the defense in the second half, letting so much stuff out, uh, letting so many points and yards and all that. Also, I think it's the fact the quarterback change definitely made a difference, brought a spark. There's probably going to be a quarterback controversy now in Tampa Bay, but that's not the Bengals problem. Um, I, so I, I, I go back to this and I think there was someone here. Um, Ryan Tom says, uh, can they only play one half this se- this season? Um, you know, you, you go through all of that. He, he continues keep the pedal to the metal. Looks like they play very conservative. Yeah, I'd say that. But, you know, there's more to it than that. Um, you can say it's the conservative play calling. I think they just uh, – they didn't make it. They, they can stuck with what was working in the first half, which I guess, you know, you say you, sh- you, you should do that. Um, but instead of seeing, you know, a drive or two drives on offense not going their way, the Bengals basically, uh, they just stuck to the, the, their kind of predictable game plan and, and didn't do anything. They didn't get a first down until midway through the fourth quarter in the second half. Um, and then that was the only first down of that drive. They ended up punting the ball away. Um, and then they got a couple, I think, three first downs on that final drive to win the game. So, I mean, they scored when they it counts. You got to like that they rallied and didn't give up after, after giving up that lead. But giving up that lead makes you tentative about things going forward for the Bengals. Um, you know, I don't – I'm not quite sure I, – I'm not quite sure exactly – what went on? I mean, they just, they just kind of said, Hey, we got, we got this handled now. Um, let's, let's just kick back. And that, that didn't do it. Now, Drake Kirkpatrick got, got dinged up in the, in the game. He left. Uh, Carl Lawson, unfortunately seems to be done for the year now with a knee injury. He suffered early in the game. Clint Bowling uh, left in the second quarter, I believe it was with a back injury. So Clint Bowling being out didn't help. Um, on offense. And then, you know, those other guys not being in there, that didn't help either. So I, you know, now you look at it and you go, oh gosh, okay. So Lawson's gone for the year. Eifert's gone for the year. You didn't have John Ross. You didn't have Billy Price. You didn't have Tyler Croft. You didn't have, uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Vontez perfect on and on and on and on. You know, I guess you could sit here and say, well, let's, 
once this team's at close to being at full strength, once again, hopefully after the bye, no Gio Bernard again, by the way, um, you know, hopefully at that point you can kind of say, well, now this team's kind of going to get back on track. They've got a lot of the pieces back, but they just keep losing guys. They keep losing guys to injury. They keep doing that. And this is why I'm, I've been a proponent for them to look at some acquisitions in the trade market, um, even if there's a free agent out there that they think they can get that can come in. I mean, they're going to need to do some things um, and, and supplement this roster because it keeps they keep losing guys. They keep losing guys, and they can't – if they're going to make a playoff run, they can't just keep losing guys and either backfill them with practice squad guys or just kind of mix and match and put it together with duct tape and bubble gum. You, you know, you got to – you got to be able to get impact guys that can still help you out. Uh, Randall Potts says Drew Brees will kill this defense. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he can dink his and dunk his way through this team and, and then put it up for grabs as well. Um, I, I don't know that there seems to be a lot of miscommunication on a lot of deep balls and a lot of big passes in the secondary. Um, I think that has partially, partially to do with the fact that, a rookie is starting back there in Jesse Bates. Yeah, he played. He's played well. He played well on Sunday. He had the the pick six, but I think that's part of it. Um, I, I I just don't think Drake Patrick, William Jackson, Sean Williams, and uh, and Bates are on the same page all the time. And I think that there's a lot of missed coverages, blown coverages. I think the linebackers are com- completely a hindrance in any kind of coverage. Yes, Preston Brown had an interception today. Yes, Jordan Evans had an interception today, but. Those were, those were gimmies. Those weren't, uh, you know, great plays by the linebackers. Those were nice gifts from Jameis Winston. And, um, you know, uh, this team has to find a way to be able to cover the middle of the field, and they have to be able to get – I mean, there were two gigantic touchdowns that the Bengals gave up today. And, and you know, we heard all offseason how great William Jackson was last year and how great he looked. And um, I'm not seeing it this year, to be quite honest with you. You know, Dre's been kind of the scapegoat, and, and rightfully so, but William Jackson is a guy that has dropped multiple interceptions this year. He did it again on Sunday against the Buccaneers. Um, he let up a big play, basically just kind of gave up on a big touchdown pass, which was like, okay, I don't understand that one. Um, so, you know, I, there's a lot to clean up. I think this team, there, there's one at, one side of you that says, you know, this team still finds ways to win and you have to respect that. You have to like that. And they're going to be in a lot of games, you know, last week, notwithstanding against the chiefs, but they're going to be in a lot of games. A lot of these games are going to be nail biters um, one way or the other. And as of now at five and three, you know, theoretically you're on pace for a 10 and six season. You should be right in the thick of the, the playoff hunt. You've got some difficult games coming up, but the Ravens look, very poor against the, the Panthers today. They lost, which helps the Bengals. Um, you, ha- you have the Saints after the bye. Uh, that, that's a tough game. Um, you have the Chargers in December. That's a tough game. You've got two games against the Browns who are, you know, peaks and valleys there a little bit. Um, you know, they should be able to still win some more games and be in the hunt. But these these incomplete games, these incomplete performances – you know, um, they got to start playing at least pretty well in all three phases or, or average in some and very well in the other. I mean, the, the, the imbalance of things, especially it's not even just game to game. It's, it's in game. It's quarter to quarter. It's series to series. The imbalance of things is 
it's pretty staggering. And, um, you know, there's just not a lot of consistency on this team. And this is kind of it. The defense has proven to be feast or famine. They get a lot of turnovers and, and all of that, but they let up a lot of yards, a lot of points. Um, so that doesn't help the offense at times for stretches for about two and a half quarters a game. They look unstoppable yet for about a quarter and a half. And it's usually in that third quarter, they can't move the ball. They can't get a first down. They can't do a lot of things. So, um, you know, they got to start getting some some semblance of, of consistency. Otherwise, games like this are going to be flipped the other way, where the Bengals, you know, barely lose a heartbreaker, that sort of thing, kind of like what we saw against Pittsburgh. Uh, let's get a couple more questions and comments, and we'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> Robert Hall says, even Marvin closed his eyes before the Bullock field goal. Maybe he did. I didn't really look. Um, uh Matt Martinez says, uh, we played horrible and got so lucky that Jameis was the starter. That performance in the fourth quarter was so pathetic. Yeah, I mean, there's two ways. Again, there's there's a couple ways to look at this one, too. You can sit here and say, well, it was because Jameis Winston has four interceptions. That's why the Bengals got the win. You wouldn't be wrong. Um, But you also have to sit here and you say, well, the defense, really, I mean, it was at at one point, even in the, you know, uh, what was it, the the – third quarter or so late in the third quarter it was 27 16 the game was still in hand they had an 11 point lead all they needed to do was get some first downs maybe kick a field goal yes i realized the weather was tricky today and yes kudos to randy bullock to kicking for kicking a 44 yard field goal in that win that was not an easy kick um by any stretch but you know you, you you can blame the defense. You can you can say you can look at the other team's quarterback, and that's why you know that's why the Bengals got that big lead. You're not wrong, but you know the offense can't play well for a quarter and a half, two quarters, and then you know decide to go away completely for almost another two quarters until the last drive of the game. Um, it, you just can't do that. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think I think they have a lot to sort out during the bye week. I think I think getting guys back healthy will be will be key. It'll be interesting to see what happens on the offensive line because supposedly Billy Price is going to return after the bye. Um, so is he going to play center? Is he going to play guard? Trey Hopkins has had some nice moments at center. Uh, he's had some bad moments at center as well, but he's had some nice moments. Um, is Alex Redmond still going to start? He's been okay in the run game, but that's about it. Uh, I mean, that's about as positive as you can get with him. Bobby Hart's been kind of a mess. Um, You know, what's going to happen up front in the offensive line? What's going to happen at tight end? Are the Bengals going to make an acquisition there? Um, We now have A.J. Green in a toe injury. I think he'll be okay, but we'll see. Uh, You get Giovanni Bernard back. He's a third down outlet and a third down machine that uh, can, can help this team as well. Uh, what's going to, you know, what's John Ross's impact going to be when he comes back? Um, all of these things are up in the air and, uh, they should help the team, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Bengals after buys are bad. Uh, breeze will light them up says Kevin Reynolds. That's usually true. The Bengals are not good after the buy and, um, yeah. Drew Brees, that's that's going to be a tough one, and uh, you know I think they I think they get them at, they do get them at home coming up here, so that's a plus. The Bengals don't have to. The good news is the Bengals have a home game today that they had on Sunday. They've got the bye week. 
and then they've got another home game on Sunday. So they don't really travel at all in this period, which is nice. They can rest. They can do their thing, get guys healthy, make a move. Again, the trade deadline is on Tuesday, the 30th, October 30th. So if the Bengals were to trade for somebody, it would be, it needs to be by that day. And then they'll, they'll go from there. Um, there's, uh, I don't know if Ryan Metalcore bowling is talking about me. We had five sacks. What are you talking about? Where's the pass rush? Uh, I didn't really say where's the pass rush. I don't know if that was referring to me or maybe another commenter in there, but um, yeah, I mean, the pass rush was there, but it was primarily there for Winston, although Winston played more, but yeah, they got to Fitzpatrick and stuff. There's just, there seems to be a lot of, uh, especially with guys that can move quarterbacks that can move. There's a lot of lane undiscipline and there's a lot of, yeah, you want to get the guy. It's like, if, if they don't bring the guy down, if they get the pressure, they don't bring the guy down right away. That guy moves around and then he can run. And it always seems to be against this Bengals defense, whether it's this year or previous years, they can get away from sacks and somehow they, they miraculously scramble, especially on a third down and get a critical first down. So that kind of stuff has to stop. And Fitzpatrick did it a couple times to him. Um, you know, he did it on the fourth and three, the, the touchdown pass to OJ Howard. And then he did it again on the two point conversion to tie it. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> seeing some funny, you guys are funny. Um, as long as Marvin is coach, this team has a cap ceiling says Chris Vandergrift. Well, that's not a, that's not an uncommon opinion. And um, I think a lot of people feel that way, but Again, this team who people had – some people had decent expectations for us. If you remember, a lot of the national pundits had zero expectations for this team. They thought they were a six-win team and whatnot, um, even less than that for, for some, four and 12, and now here, here they are at five and three. But you, you are correct in that Marvin hasn't showed us a lot in these uh, 15 years. He's, he's shown how to rebuild a team. He's shown how to make a team competitive and be in a playoff hunt, but he hasn't shown the ability to win some big games. Now you can argue that this was a big game because the Bengals needed this to kind of basically move forward and still remain in the playoff hunt um, and, and atop their division. Essentially um, I think by virtue, we need to kind of reassess, but I think by virtue of overall winning percentage, uh, Pittsburgh may be still in first there because of the tie and them beating the Bengals and all that kind of stuff. But Bengals are right there. Ravens fell. Uh, I, I believe the Browns lost today. The Steelers, like I said, so they're, they're down there. Um, so you're now looking at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati distancing themselves a little bit. But at, this, at the same time, to Chris's point, the Bengals need to learn how to beat the Kansas cities. They need to learn how to beat the Pittsburghs. They need to learn how to beat the, the New England teams. And they need to do so when there's bright lights. Um, and this team has not been able to do that. So um, this may be one of those years again where the Bengals get nine, nine, ten wins, get there, and it, it's a similar deal. We'll see. But for right now, you know, we got to take this for what it is, and uh, we got to realize that this team has shortcomings. And um, even when they, even though they do. More often than not this year, they have overcome those shortcomings and, and come up with a win. And um, you got to be pretty pleased about that. Oh, boy, this is a tough one. This, is, this would be a, a podcast episode of itself. If you were the GM, who would you trade for and why? Um, you know, it dep that, that's totally dependent on what you're giving up and 
who's out there and, and all of that. I mean, I guess, you know, there's, there's been some talk, uh, Jared cook, the tight end from the Raiders. They're obviously engaging in a fire sale of some form. Um, you know, you can look at some of the guys that are, that are supposedly available from the Arizona Cardinals, the Dion Buchanan and Hassan Reddick and, and maybe even Patrick Peterson. But this is the, you also have to, if I'm GM is much different than Mike Brown being owner slash GM, because you have to be realistic with this team. They're not going to go after a Patrick Peterson. They are not going to go after, um, you know, these high priced guys they are just not going to do it. Um, that's not what this team does. They, they try to draft and build from within and maybe add some ancillary pieces that can help them out from the outside, but it's primarily quote unquote, their guys. So, um, you know, I think a realistic option is to look at some of these higher picks, former higher picks, and um, at places that the Bengals need some help, be it because of injury or ineffectiveness or what have you. And, um, you know, if they can give up low draft capital, that sort of thing, then, um, you know, I think they'll do it. They like those those former first-round fizzle outs or, or something like that. That's why I think Reddick uh, from Arizona would be an interesting pick. See what you can do with him, especially now with Lawson being out. You know, Lawson was more of an edge player and all of that, but he kind of had a little bit of that linebacker moniker to him, at least as a rookie. So if you get a guy like Reddick, you know, you can maybe put his hand in the dirt here and there, and you can also, um, you know, try and play him out in space. Maybe he's just more comfortable in a, uh, a more traditional type of defense like the Bengals employ with a four-man front rather than some of the different things that, that the Cardinals run. You never know. Um, but that would be a guy I would probably target. He's on a manageable rookie year contract still. So, you know, that would be a guy I'd probably look at as someone um, going forward. Uh, what happened to the team on, in the second half? Lewis's motivational talk during halftime. I don't know about Lewis's motivational talk during halftime, and I don't know what happened. Um, you know, I think, I think, like I said, the Bengals lost a couple of key players to injury during this game. Some guys returned, some guys did not. I, I don't think that helped. And then, you know, um, I, it, it, they might have just got lackadaisical. You know, they might have just said, hey, we've got a big lead. Let's just kind of play what we've been doing and, and let them keep making mistakes. And, again, for the first part of the third quarter, that's what happened. Uh, Winston made some more mistakes. The Bengals made him pay for it. They got an even bigger lead. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, it's thir- I think 34 to nine or 34 to 16 or something like that, you know, big lead, 21 point lead. And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, they make a quarterback change and, and everything, uh, everything changes. Anyway, thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the questions. I hope you enjoyed this game. It was a roller coaster, to be sure. Bengals win 37-34, thanks to a Randy Bullock field goal at the last minute, at last second, rather. Um, So, Bengals come out victorious. Weird weather, weird game, a lot of different personnel changes for both teams, and uh, Bengals get that much-needed win to get to 5-3 and and move forward into second-ish 1B place in the AFC North. Again, I'm Anthony Kazenza and I'm with Cincy Jungle. Keep it to cincyjungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, and uh, everything, updates, injury updates, all that stuff uh, throughout the week. Even through the bye week, there's going to be a lot of news, potentially with trades and all of that. So keep it to cincyjungle.com. And you can also check out the podcast that I host as well as another Cincy Jungle contributor, 
John Sheeran, and uh, we do that weekly. We're going to do that this week as well. We usually record Wednesday nights, but that being Halloween, we're probably not going to do it on Wednesday night. It'll probably be Tuesday or Thursday, so stay tuned for that. We'll let you know. But check it out. We'd love to have you. We take questions on the air as well. So thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, try and rest up during the bye week like the Bengals are. See you later. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? <laughs> and why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. <laughs> We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.